good evening, and welcome to our show. Thanks for joining the Cherry Ice Cream Smile Podcast, a place where friends who just happen to be Durannies get together to talk about our love of music, pop culture, concerts, and of course, our favorite boys, past, present, and future. Hi, this is Suzanne. I'm Jody. Hi, this is Stephanie. Hi, this is Deanna. Hi, everyone. We are coming off of Feature Pass release weekend. We've had an entire weekend to soak in the new album. I can't, it's kind of surreal to me that it's finally here. And I personally uh, didn't get to listen to it uninterrupted in, in full from start to finish until Friday evening. Like I sat down, I mean, I actually laid down on my bed put my plugs in and wanted to experience it that way with my eyes closed and just like soak it all in. And I tell you, I was like, I mean, after, oh my gosh, after falling finished, I was just like, what just happened? Like, I was so excited. I was emotional. Like, I felt like I just went on the ride. Like, it's ethereal. It's like atmospheric. It takes you back to the past but it's also the future i mean i could I, I just get speechless when i talk about it it's so so good and um i already have an early favorite but i'll won't reveal that right off the bat but um what do you think ladies i i think this is the most complete album that they have done in a long time yes like yes. end to end it mm-hmm. is an album like you there's a, a side a side one and a side two and it, it, I mean, like the, the first couple of albums and, you know, Notorious as well, but you, you get that sense that you're going through this journey in the album, right? You've got the uplifting stuff, the, the fun stuff that, you know, you can dance to. And there's also the ballads and things that are maybe a little darker theme. And then it ends with something fairly dramatic, like the chauffeur or the seven stranger, you know, winter marches on or whatever. And this gave me that feeling again of just experiencing a Duran Duran album in its breadth and depth and everything. And after falling, it was like, wow, this, like, I'm getting the chills just talking about it right now. And yeah, I I got emotional too. When I heard Future Pass, I just, the tears just kind of came down. Yes. Kind of, they did. Yes. Because it just, I don't know, it was, it was like, and there's a lot of that emotion on this album, good and sort of challenging or going into themes kind of darker or themes with relationships and, and all of that. And I, I don't know, it's just coming off of this period of time that we've been through and still in some respects are going through. It's just, it's, it's cathartic. It's almost cathartic. And, and I think it's so interesting and so, amazing that it comes out at this point in time right you know what i mean i I, yes yes i I agree with you if if there was no covid or if there was no pandemic or anything and it came out when it came out i think it still would have we would have still had the same sense and feeling i just don't think it would have felt as impactful as it does now right nicholas said the same thing in an i heart canada interview i think he said the very same thing. Really? The fact that they had that time to step away and not work on it mm-hmm. meant that when they came back, they saw, oh, wait, this isn't going to work. Now we have to do it this way. And then they started recognizing themes that were popping up that were appropriate then, but even more appropriate now. 
I love that you hit on that and just listening to it. Yeah. And I've listened to it multiple times in different settings. Like I'm making myself lunch and I'm listening to it or I did the same thing, Steph, where I laid in bed and just closed my eyes, had my AirPods in and just took it in. I was just at a happy hour this evening before we're recording and I was driving home and listening to sort of side B in the car at night. And it, it, you know, the, the sun's going down and I'm, you know, listening. It's like, oh man, this, this, <laughs> this. Like I'm looking around driving on the highway and I die. It's orange. And, and you know, you've got that, you know, the like yeah. the sap. It's just, I don't know. It's, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, we, we, we don't, we don't say that we love things because just because we're Duran Duran fans, right? We express things that if, if there's something we don't like, we will say so. Right. This, I, I think hands on is, it's just, it's just this really, really album. Was it worth the wait for you yes. since you were hesitant to listen to the Yes, album? it was. And it's so funny because, you know, if, if some of you recall, I was adamant about not, about not listening to the new singles when they were released. I wanted to wait until the album, listen to the full album and get that experience. And then that changed. We found out that they were, they were coming. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to need to listen to the music then. And so I did. And it was fine. I still feel like though, even with listening to to the song there's so much more to it and i think if if i hadn't if they hadn't have come and i waited it would have probably been an even different experience you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah and it's hard for me to identify a favorite and, and i know i remember during the was it the dream stage thing where they were asked about you know their favorite song john was like I, i'm not I'm not participating yeah. in that. And I sort of, I, I, I agree with him on that a little bit where, it, yeah, I, I, I mean, yes, there's some songs I gravitate towards, but it, it's an album and it's like <laughs> the un-album and it's end to end and you take in each song and each song has its own significance and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I think it was worth the wait. It, it was 1000% worth the wait. I would agree with you, Dee, and I was thinking about you after I finished it because of you wanting to hear a cohesive, like, album, you know, and I was like, that's an album when I, when I heard it, and it just made sense, like, to your point, and we got the songs, you know, we got certain songs ahead of time, but then when you heard it together with the album, it absolutely made sense, and they flowed into each other, and I had an appreciation for some songs even more. Once I heard it in the context of the full album itself, that, like that yes. segue between "Give It All Up" and "Anniversary," it's perfect. Ah, that is so. And that is done that. so well. That is done so well. I love that so much. I love yes. it. <laughs> and they don't—they don't tend to do that yeah. on on older music, especially. I can't think of an instance where they do it in a more recent uh, release. But I love that so much. Yes. Go ahead, Suzanne. So I listen to albums, I think, in a different way. And I think it started because when we were little, we listened to records. Now I have it on vinyl and I have it on a CD. And I've listened to the vinyl, like, all one side and then flipped it and listened to the other side. So I wasn't thinking, oh, my gosh, I have to listen to the whole thing at once. In my mind, when it's an album, it's kind of like the different sides, if you will. I mean, I know they all go together. You know, one caveat is the album only has 10 songs on it. So all the songs aren't up. But the first five songs are together on side A. And we know that those were intended to go together. And I do love the transition, like you said, between Give It All Up and, and uh, an anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. The way I listen to albums is I kind of do a sample or I listen to everything. And then I go back and I have to listen to certain songs and just kind of get a, you know, kind of build a 
love for them kind of one at a time, if you will. So I don't know. We're going to talk about our favorite. My favorite is Give It All Up. I know you said you couldn't get it out of your head, and it's stuck in my head. Out of my head, and I have been singing it like, and I love the girl's voice in it so so low. So how how you say it? Tove Tove low, I think is how you pronounce it. I believe so. I mean, beautiful voice. Yeah, gorgeous. I hear a little Dua Lipa in that um, little interlude that she does there too. I love it. Oh, like the breakdown part. Yeah, like I in the car, like I started like doing this breakdown. It's just kind of it's crazy because it's the one they did on the Today Show, but it wasn't fully. They didn't have her on there. Yeah. It was, yeah. and, and I remember we sort of liked it. We never heard it again, and we were like, "This is cinematic, and this is kind of like James Bonded." So we were already oh, yeah. a little bit of it, and now that we heard the whole thing, I I love 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 it. Yesterday I sat with Falling for a while, and I love that now too. But I have to sit with it. So maybe I like getting them kind of in a sampler platter, if you will. Because I've had time to digest the other songs, and I love how they're coming together. But I think different people listen to albums and music different ways. I will say I do not understand Hammerhead. I've tried to listen to it. I love Um, Hammerhead. And people love it, or they kind of don't know what to think about it. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I know in the Rolling Stones interview, they explained it a little more, and I need to go back and listen to how they explained it. Rolling Stones. Yes. (laughs) The Rolling Stone magazine with Rob Sheffield. Shut up, Sheffield. Who did a fantastic job, but also we knew he would because he's actually a Duran Duran fan and has been. So I love the questions that he asked, and he kind of let the guys just talk he didn't talk over them and he kind of like you know maybe asked a question or got a conversation started but let them run with the answers and so I appreciated that um and letting them go into the depth that they went into so congratulations Rob Sheffield that interview was fantastic and if you have not watched it yet it's an hour long but it's worth your time and um, you can find that on YouTube that interview I was watching that interview, and that's when, like, everything hit me. Like, the whole ACL week, all the stress, everything coming at us all at once, the whole freaking past two years. I was actually laying in bed, thought I was going to take a nap, ran across this interview before I was about to fall asleep. I stayed awake and cried through most of it. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is how it used to be. This is how they were together in 1983 when I would watch interviews with them on MTV. They're playing off of each other and laughing and enjoying answering answering these questions. They're excited about the music. It's almost like they're excited about everything again. And then Simon talks about Nick, I can't remember, in one of the episodes that's been flung at us, um, talks about how that this, the whole uh, thing about more joy is that this is sort of the way we want to feel. It's not how we feel yet, but that's the goal and how we want to feel again. We want to find that joy again. And I love that it is not the last song, but almost the last song on the album, because that just makes so much sense. Um, that interview... Uh, it's got to be my favorite of all time, and I've got favorite interviews. That one's just so good. I even love, I mean, Sheffield's not my favorite. I don't even like his book, despite the fact that I own it. But I, his affect and, like, his, his the way he did his hands when he was talking, I don't know. I just loved it. I loved that interview. So, anyway, Suzanne, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt your talking about the album? Oh, I mean, that that was it. I mean, I think I wanted to talk about the rolling 
Stone, not the Rolling Stone <laughs> interview, because so much of that was about the album. And it was the joy thing you're talking about. He did talk, they did talk about joy. And I love that. And, and that's a lot of reason why I think I love this band, is they were like, we've always been optimistic when other people around us weren't. And, you know, the interviewer talked about that as well. They all talked about the emotion of this album was very dark, but then it was balanced with light a lot of lightness so there was more of a balance here which i'm definitely picking up on that too so yeah i know i mean i still got to continue to digest it i'm happy to hear it. i'm happy it's finally here because we've been hearing about it for quite a long time <laughs> and i think that nick said that tonight united was the most light of all of the songs and everything else was more dark, even like the more upbeat stuff. But lyrically, I think he meant Tonight United was the lightest of the songs on the record, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. I need to I need to come back to Hammerhead because, you know, the way Simon was describing it and just sort of it's about kind of facing yourself and dealing with kind of coming to terms with yourself. And Being maybe honest something, about something. Yeah. Being honest about something, perhaps forgiving yourself or facing something within yourself. And that, that lyric, oh, you come show me my truth. Oh, yep. that's, yep. that's just, that's heavy. That's heavy. And I, I love the lyrics to, to the song and, and the, um, oh, what's the word? The, the metaphors and the, the imagery, you know, about the, the, the woman inside. It's the, whether you are a man or a woman is the hammerhead. That's the person that's showing you your truth, your own truth. And I mean, we've, we've all gone through something like that throughout our lives multiple times, right? So that's a, it's a great song. I could, and the chorus, I could just see like a choir singing, you know, live, if they perform it live where there's just this cho- massive choir singing, singing the, the chorus and everything. And I think that would be, that would be really interesting to see if they ever did that. But that yeah. was one of those that Nick mentioned too, that they revisited once they got back together. And how, and Simon mentioned in a different interview, but how he recognized there needed to be something else in that song. And he wanted to be a South London rapper who put that rap in there. And that that rap was the only part of that song I've heard so far. And I was like, damn, that's good. That is so good. (laughs) Because, yeah. it could it could go it could go the other way, right? Yes, yes and it could it could look like it's more performative and just kind of just trying trying to trying to appeal to an audience or whatever. But in this case, it's not it's not like that at all. It yeah, fits, yeah, it fits it with totally the song. Fits. And I think yeah. Nick's response was, "And it works." <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, great idea. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, he called it a slow groove. And yes. I like that term. Yes, and that's exactly. kind of like the, the theme that I kind of feel throughout the whole album. Mm-hmm. It's a slow group. And it's like you're, you, you're dancing, but you're chilling. Like you're just, and you're being reflective and you're being introspective. Like, oh my God, it's so we said, good. We it's said the world. same thing about Invisible. When they released Invisible, we all yes. said the same yeah. thing. That slow groove. It's a slow and, burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will it. say that right now I'm absolutely obsessed with falling. Like, obsessed because I love I love Mark I mean Mike Garson I mean just coming through I mean it just I just I can't say enough good things about that song like it's just so good and then when JT kicks in oh my god it's over it's yeah. over it's so, so good yeah so when I okay I haven't listened to the whole album yet I have played the album 
in the same house with the music playing, but I was washing dishes, washing clothes, vacuuming the floor, whatever. And I remember turning off the vacuum and hearing the piano at the beginning of falling. And I said out loud to myself, when did Nick learn how to play piano like that? And then it hit me, oh crap, that's my cousin. So I listened, like I was in and out of the room even still, but I could hear it. And that bass hit me from the other, like the kitchen or something. (laughs) And I walked slowly back into the living room and I kind of just stood there. And I got chills down my arms, down my legs. I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I I sent a message to Stephanie. I said, um, holy shit, even through the vacuum, falling is too late, Marlene, planet Earth, and serious all in one. And then she responded to me saying, I get Palomino, end of do you believe in shame, and some Arcadia to the shore. So they're like all of these elements of those songs into this one that I've only heard once, and I think it might be the best song you've ever written. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. gorgeous. It's exquisite. Yeah. Yeah. It is my word for it. It's just yeah. like I don't know. I I can't. I don't know. Like the feeling. Like and then again when it ended, I again was teary eyed because I just felt like I was floating. If yeah. that makes sense, it was very ethereal, yeah. Yeah. and it was yeah. very, you know, just like Jody said, I, I thought it was very Arcadia-like, but yet it was early Duran, mid-Duran. I mean, it just, it's very feature past, and that's not even yeah. the name of the song, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but um, it just, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. just can't like stop the, saying that. <laughs> it's a perfect bookend. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's another seventh stranger. It's another yeah, I mean right. it's another chauffeur. chauffeur it's yeah. another I just they did I, it again. I don't like future past where it is. In fact, I don't yet. I've listened to it once. And I it may be my state of mind or whatever, but I I couldn't listen to it. And um I, I felt like maybe that was we kind of talked about topics and things we wanted to talk about and one of the thoughts that I had was, we've gotten a bunch of dancey style songs so far. Is Do we think there's going to be a chauffeur or something like that on this one? And I feel like Future Past would fit that too and should be somewhere else in the track listing. What do you think about its placement in there? Well, real, real fast, though, on the comment about it being like the chauffeur or like Seventh Stranger, they were talking about everyone was intentionally playing their part. And I feel like those songs are so heavily weighted towards the keys and towards Nick that these songs on this album to me feel fuller because you can hear John come in because you can hear the other pieces of it so in the sense that it's maybe the moodier slower that song of the album I agree but it's not quite as haunting maybe as those there's there's a little optimism there and I think it's the piano to me there's some brightness that comes with the mm, piano I don't well. get brightness at all I don't get brightness well, at all in that one but I mean the imagery is so there though. that yeah, I don't listen all the way so yeah um but it's between Anniversary and Beautiful Lies, and I don't know Beautiful Lies yet, so I can't speak to that. So I, like I, feel, like this, I feel like the two Marauder tracks are kind of on their own. Which is Future Past and Beautiful Lies, right? No, no it's Beautiful Lies tonight. Not United. Oh, 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 right. Okay. okay. And they're back and to back. They're back yeah. to back. Yeah. When you have the record, you flip it over, the beginning is like... <laughs> They go with the same group, but it's not this arc. And so I don't know if it's more on the backside, the B-side, or let's talk about the contributors kind of the piece. And there's something about the future past 
finishing it. I'm with you. I'm not totally sure what I think about the song Path yet. I, I need to sit with that one for a little bit longer. Too. So, it, okay, now it may, I mean, I'm listening to it so far. I haven't even opened the record yet, but um, I'm listening to it on my phone, which has all the tracks one after the other. On the record, that might make sense. And I, I, in the Rolling Stone interview, Sheffield talks about how he listened to the first album and then this one side by side. And I really wanted to do that before we um, met again and just time got away from it. But um, I, I, I picked up, I pulled up the track list for both just to remind myself. And on the, the side one, the last song is Careless Memories, which is a driver compared to Future Past on this one, if we're talking album and flipping sides. So um, that comparison that I had in my mind when they were talking about it is not adding up. So I'm, I need to go do that. What that is? I feel like the I feel like the comparison was more the variety of tracks, like the variety of styles, because they even said this is what set us up that we can be more eclectic. Yeah. Because yeah. we have the driving songs, we have the we have a variety there that showed up in the first album that's now showing up again in this album, which we haven't seen necessarily in a lot of all the albums in between. To the shore in Tel Aviv, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I think it. I think the placement is fine I, it, for the end of a side one. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a it's a nice little bookend for side one, and then you flip it over and put it on. That first song is "Beautiful Life," and mm-hmm. it's like the Marauder, you know, the that kind of fast pace. And then you go back on the you're back on the ride. Yeah. Right. Okay. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about on Future Path, and you may laugh because of my opinion of this song, but I felt like this is sort of the new ordinary world. I did too. Yeah. Of of today. Yeah. The, the way the, lyrically and and what it means and all of that. I mean, I, I, ordinary world. I'm probably the only person in the world doesn't really care for that song. I like the idea of it and where it comes from and the place that it comes from. I appreciate that. I just not am, am not quite biggest fan of, of the song itself. Me too. But Future Path, I, I get the feeling, like I, I, I get the feeling that I think folks have with or had and continue to have with Ordinary World and the impact that that song had at that time. I, I sort of feel that in Future Path. I didn't feel that in Ordinary World. If that makes sense. I can kind of see it in my mind, too. Like, I can see it live. Yeah, right. Although I keep thinking, if they do it live, and we've still got Save a Prayer, and we've got Ordinary World, that's a whole bunch of slow, sad songs in the middle of it. But I can see it. I I can see them doing it live and wanting to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I think one interesting thing about about going back to falling for a minute is that in the interview they talked about that they reported that before they did five years so like oh, wait i didn't hear that they had uh-huh. met up with nick or John that was part of the deal met up with mike yeah, yeah. like and they were like you want to be on the album oh, and it's like okay right. now you're going to be on my thing but they yeah, yeah. falling first which of course we heard five years before we were first falling so mm-hmm. to me i was kind of in that mode anyway thinking oh it's kind of like the five years now is actually off of this. so mm-hmm. that was an interesting insight that we might not know didn't somebody tell us five years was going to be on here it's on the japanese i believe version. it's on the japanese version on the the deluxe version yeah for japanese Japan. version the japanese version i have not found a japanese version yet the only thing well, out there is deluxe right it's, it's go to it's japan we're in texas <laughs> It's not on the deluxe one. It's not on the regular. It's not on the deluxe 
So <laughs> well, a little much sometimes. Now we know. Side note: We know Simon can have this sweet little story voice because we watched the little video this week from the BBC where he's reading the little bedtime story. Oh my gosh, it's so cute! So, I haven't watched it yet. Y'all go look that up too. Yeah, and I think singing it multiple times too mm-hmm. during a tour mm-hmm. that could be a challenge sometimes. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, I, his voice was just so strong and really hear the harmony mm-hmm. he's always done that but i hear it more mm-hmm. in the album and i know that there was this conscious effort to get every single member in there and, and that full breadth and depth of the sound right and talking to roger and john about you know the, the rhythm section and really getting that roger really having that in there more more of a presence i should say but yeah so it's very well-rounded in that way yeah and they actually had graham coxon on guitar like in the studio with him as well and you can tell that that makes sense and um shout out to mark ronson for his guitar on wing that's mark ronson playing on guitar for wing and that sounds fantastic as well too so you can really tell that, you know, just like we mentioned in the beginning, that this album is just so cohesive and it shows. And I think because they had extra time to work on this, the the, the time that it took to, to put this all together um, was worth the wait. I do want to acknowledge that everyone has said Errol Alcan is the reason for that. Roger especially has repeated over and over again in interviews that Errol was the one who kept them on target, who kept saying, that's not what I want from you. That's not what you do. This is what you do. So do that. And that's the, this is the result that they got from Errol saying, uh-uh, that's not what you want to do. You want to do this. And they, they did what he said. Nick, Nick said something about Everyone was so calm and peaceful when Giorgio was in the room because Giorgio is very calm and peaceful. But he said Errol was a mess. <laughs> so well, they were, the they, was a they mess. said they were on their best behavior, yeah. Mr. Maroder, because he was there with his little synthesizer in his little bag, and they 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 had to be on their best behavior. And then yeah, I think they said that Errol had to like reel them in and, and yeah. whatnot. And, and it, did y'all see the picture of him in his reflex twelve inch? Mm-hmm. That, oh, cool. yeah. yeah, shout out to Errol Alcan, fantastic yeah. job. And again, because he is a fan, yeah. he was a fan, he is a fan, and that totally makes sense. And it and it came through in the production. So Definitely. thank you, Errol, and congratulations. And, and also a fan of the twelve inch remixes too. Exactly. Like, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh, when he said that, I'm like, that was my first twelve inch remix. <laughs> Me too, and I. That's what I told Niall. Oh my gosh, exactly. I totally feel you, Errol. I feel you. Yeah, like he would break out a 12 inch of something and they get sort of forgotten about. Yeah. And go, oh, yeah. We I'm, have not I forgotten like about so the 12 inch that. reflex because we like to sing the parts that are even on the 12 inch that are not in the radio. <laughs> And all of that. So. Danger line. Yes, that's my favorite part. Danger line. And it just takes me right back to watching them into the arena, making a arena yeah. with John and the eyeliner and the. <laughs> yeah. So in the Rolling Stones interview, was the Rolling Stone where they talked about they or was it the double take <laughs> where they're talking about playing an album in the entirety and they're like, you play this album in the entirety. Which one was that? I don't remember which one that was, that but was I, did, I do remember seeing that. That was the green stage one. Had to be green stage. And they had acknowledged, or John had acknowledged they had done that before, but he also made the point, which I think is a good point, that it sort of takes away that element of surprise 
because if you're going to play an album, you know what's coming next. And so in a regular show, but I don't you kind of don't know what's coming next. However, mm-hmm. that is assuming that you're doing, you have some variety with your playlist. <laughs> <laughs>
and we do, I do, I'm going to say I do, I'm going to go every time and I'm going to say, this is the best thing in the world every time. So, um, so be it. I love yeah. that they're still doing it. And we've got this new record that we're going to get to see repeatedly, hopefully in the next few months. Yay for future path. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. I mean, it's what it, I mean, it's just, uh, it's fantastic. I keep getting out of lots of words. I'm speechless yeah. again because it just like, I had a high expectation and it exceeded my expectation. I'm just so pleased and I'm so proud to be a Duran Duran fan. And I'm so, I mean, right now they are competing for the number one spot uh, behind <laughs> Elton John, John on the charts Come list. On. I mean, that's fantastic. And uh, so go out there, guys. And I know that the pre-orders were delayed. Ours were as well. But, you know, check your local record, you know, small business record stores. We were able to find the red um, limited edition vinyl out there. Um, you know, go support the band, which I know you guys all do. And, you know, tell a friend, not necessarily you supporting the band, because we know that's happening, but tell a friend, uh, you know, about this album, because I think it's worth telling a friend about this album. It's fantastic. And it's, it's, <laughs> worth, it's worth all the accolades that I know have come so far and are yet to come, because it, it really should have those accolades. It should win a Grammy. I mean, it should, it should mm-hmm. really... It should just win. It should have some accolades. And, and not that it's about all of that, but it needs some recognition. So Correct. thank you, Duran Duran. No, thank you. Future past. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the Cherry Ice Cream Smile podcast. We are so glad you could hang out with us for a while. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and you can even find us if you ask Alexa. Make sure to also follow our Instagram page too. See you again real soon.